Welcome to 5.0, Fivefold and Beyond with Matt and Amy. Today, we're going to be looking in this session at the pastoral pitfalls uh, as we look at the fivefold. And uh, that's the challenges encountered in pastoral leadership. And that's if you are in that leadership capacity or position, as well as if that's your mantle and it possibly you're involved in pastoral team ministry. Uh, either way, this will apply to the pastoral gifts that we've been talking about in previous uh, podcasts, as well as the authority and the responsibility that comes in the pastoral. So let's start by looking at John chapter 10, verses 12 and 13. It says, He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who is not the owner of the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he's a hired hand and is not concerned about the sheep. So we're going to look at about eight powerful pitfalls or challenges that leaders face, but we're applying this particularly, excuse me, to pastoral. And the first one probably that has come to your mind if you've been in that position or place, it's always the one of getting hurt. Oh, you know what happens? You can lose trust. Yeah. So when you, you get can, yeah. when you get hurt or offended, uh, people don't treat you well. I mean, that never happens when you're a pastor, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I say that tongue in cheek because it certainly will happen if it hasn't already. Even when you're you're working in uh, as in the pastoral team, not necessarily as the lead pastor, but you know your heart as pastor is to love. That's the pastoral heart. And as you love people, you can love people and they're going to hurt you and not everybody. So don't go into it or think I'm saying go into this expecting to get hurt every time. No, but look right. at Jesus. He had compassion. He loved people. He healed them um, and they crucified him. So hurt will come. Right. We but know it, a lot of ministries and people because they've experienced that has become they become hard hearted yes. and jaded and they look at every person as a potential snake that's going a viper. It's going to bite you. Well, it goes both ways. There's leaders mm -hmm. also that will do the same thing uh, for one reason or the other. And usually the thing that you're heard about, you usually do that to others around you because it becomes a self-protection neck protection mechanism that's in the subconscious and that happens so you can't let that get rooted in you and you lose that compassion for the people you do you know i once had a conversation with a pastor a pastor's wife and um you know she was really hurting uh, she'd been treated badly by some people and she came to this conference just to get refreshed and as i was talking to her she made a comment and she said you know i love ministry i just don't like people and, you know, I, I sat there thinking, well, that's what ministry is. It's about the people. So as a pastoral person who's who's motivated, who's in that realm of pastoral, right. if you have difficulty loving people, then you need to refresh your heart. There's there's hurt that's ruling there. Right. And usually you'll have to step back just a little bit and get a time to get healed and um, things aligned because we're always looking for the why when it comes to betrayals or hurts or things like that. And um, if we just keep coding them over, like I said, we just get our heart gets thicker and thicker and thicker and, and it's more callous. And uh, then we're treating people as objects mm -hmm. and not God's desire 
or God's um, diamonds that he wants to see them become like him. Yeah. Let's let's look at the second pitfall. Because we've got a few here today. So we just want to kind of get through them um, to, to really uh, encourage you today. Right. Being fearful can be uh, a challenge as a, a leader, as someone in the pastoral. And in this sense, I, I want to focus a little more on leaders or you're off, operating in the mantle. But let's say you have responsibility of an arena and you are fearful that you're not going to have enough money, fearful that things aren't going to work out how you want them to, or that someone's going to put up an obstacle. This can really drive you um, and to the point where you really become ruled by money people. You know, the people who have money in, in the church. Well, if I, if I ch- change things, if I do this, if I don't visit this way or, or preach this message or whatever it might be, then people are going to leave and the ones who have the money. And that's a dangerous place to be, to be ruled by uh, people who have money. Yep. It affects it. it really, uh, when you're operating at a 60% potential of your ministry, because fear is robbing the rest and you're holding it back to, to me, uh, once you come to that realization, it's a, it's good to strip that away because what it does is it, it allows you to be able to throttle closer to the hundred percent. You might have to rebuild some things a little bit, but being free from that type of control and fear that's within your heart, it's its quite liberating and quite um, exhilarating once you start tasting God's spirit again flowing in a great measure. It's, it can be really hard, though, to be in that place because Very hard. we we also ministered to a pastor. We we're doing some consulting in, in her church, and she really felt, and a lot of her leadership team were, were seeking the Holy Spirit. They hadn't been filled with the Holy Spirit, and this was something that they really desired. Right. And as we begin to bring about a message and talk about the things of the Spirit and how that would look and impact them yeah, personally, as well as their, their local congregation, mm-hmm. they were getting on fire. And so excited. But afterwards, the pastor approached us and she stepped back from the line and said, I can't do it because there are people in my church, the ones who pay the bills, the ones who have the money, who won't like it. And she pulled back and that church fell apart after Mm -hmm. Uh, all those people who were seeking the Holy Spirit. They left. Um, She literally had to sell the church to a different organization. It was done. The whole fear came to pass, just a little different than what she thought. Third thing um, that that is a pitfall and a challenge that we can run into, whether you're in a senior leadership with responsibility or part of a pastoral team with your pastoral gifts, is the boss mentality. Um, what does that look like? It's, it's really a wrong understanding of leadership, but it's like you're looking at people as automons and robots and you're the boss because you got this place of position and power and you're just going to boss everyone to get something done. And so your demeanor is comes across like that and you lost the whole heart of servanthood and as well as the ability to inspire people to come into greatness now y'all you're going to get out of them as mediocrity they're just going to do what you ask that's it they're not going to give above and beyond they're not going to put their passion into it and after a while you're going to lose them and that's a problem with volunteer raising volunteers which is a whole other subject but it's the same thing if your team leaders um operating they they be they they are more of a bossy 
because they're more of a management style and they don't know how to lead, they have no leadership skills, you're looking for disaster. You're not going to have volunteers much. And we, we, we like changing the language and call them team members because we have specific teams in our apostolic training center, you know, that, that, that flow with their gifts and they um, are able to do that. And you, know, you still always have turnaround. That's the way it is. But one way to make it fast, act like a boss and you'll be alone before you know it. <laughs> oh yeah the the hearts cry of pastor there's never enough leaders but we found no matter the size of the church if you've got a good leader you can rally a team mm -hmm. good point good point the next one i want to look at is having a higher lean mentality and i know that that mentality kind of overflows in a lot of these areas but specifically what i want to look at in this moment is not fully invested not Ooh. being fully invested you know i'm here one. because you know, I know I'm called to be a pastor and it's paying the bills. It's it's my job. And when we have that, like it's it's my job mentality. We also have an accompanying it's not my job mentality. And there's a lot of things right. because we're not fully invested. We don't go above and beyond. There's not the heart of, of a servant, like you said earlier. And, you know, we're there because it is our job and, and we we're helping out. out. Ah, there you go. I'm that's just that's a big out. thing. I'm helping out. And it's like almost like, just be glad that I'm here. I'm going to give you what I have a little bit. You know, I'm, I'm helping out the pastor. I'm helping out the team. I'm just helping out. And really, that's a. And even if you're not getting paid, there are volunteers or team members who have that mentality sometimes yeah, because they do. And you can tell that mentality. Like an you can spot a mile away. And I'll tell you one one easy way to tell is if someone walks by something that's in need of being done, like a scrap of napkin on the floor and they don't pick it up. Well, that's not my job. I'm, I'm on the pastoral team or on the pastor or I, you know, someone else can do that, the janitorial staff, but they don't pick that up. So that's just a, a sign. And there are a lot of little signs, but little signs. That, that it's not my grapes. job mentality and mm -hmm. that hireling mindset gets in there. And then we do things when it's convenient for us. We there do things when we want to do there it. There it is. Not when it needs to be done or not because the people, I have a heart for them. Well, there's no sacrifice paying the price. Ooh, yeah. And um, see, that's what the word is. You brought up invested, but that comes investment. And when you pay the price, you pay the price because you see a greater um, harvest coming out of your investment. I like that. Yeah. So that that shows, you know, that just backs up what you were just saying there about uh, little um, identifying marks. The fifth thing is the failure to protect people. And that shows up in a lot of areas and a lot of regions and a lot of, oh, I'm never, I'm not like that. I will lay down my life for the people. But yet, you know, the results don't lie. The fruit of what's happening doesn't lie. You can say what, whatever you want. Let me jump in here because okay. there's this one thing. This is kind of a little pet peeve of mine because I see it in a lot of leaders and uh, it, it bugs me because I know because I used to struggle with this. Right. So that's okay. that's how I know I've been there is okay. a failure to confront a fear of confrontation. And you might think, how does that protect people? How am I not protecting people if I don't confront? Because a lot of people don't want to confront things that are going on, attitudes, uh, wrong approaches, because we want people to like us. And that can be a big trap in the the pastoral, because we want people to like us. Right. We're, we're the leader. We're the friendly leader. I'm your friend. Uh, but what we don't recognize is when we don't deal with issues, 
when we don't confront things that need to be confronted, whether it's a, a spirit of gossip in someone, or maybe it's uh, the things that they're saying to people that are offending and hurting people. And when we're afraid of confronting that person and dealing with those issues, what we're actually doing is not protecting all the people. We're hurting people because we allow those spirits to continue to rule. We tolerate. And reign. We tolerate. That's right. And tolerating is really giving permission. And it's about at that point, it's about you. It's about me, about our our lack to take the authority and to move into it with love and handle the situation. So it's about me. It's about how I'm going to feel, how they're going to think about me. And we lost sight. No, it's supposed to be about the whole flock, the people, the ones under our charge. It, I'll, I'll, if I take the hit, I take a hit. I get the hit, but the people don't. And we handle that thing there. Remember that one time when we were meeting in a school during one of our building phases, we moved out of the building and, and we were in a, uh, in, a, in a local high school. Remember what happened when that witch, a witch came? We didn't know at the time it was a woman. She was a witch. But when the, the Holy Spirit was moving so powerful and people were trying to come to the front and she would be grabbing these other women, grabbing them by the hand and stopping them in the aisle and taking them back. And I'm up there going, what is going on? What's going on? And as uncomfortable as that was oh. for you, you had to do something. Yeah. So the second time when that woman came, uh, second time meaning in that same service of stopping the same woman because the other woman wanted to still come up. And as she started coming up, the woman grabbed her hand again. But this time it was right at the altar. And as I got there, the pastor, this woman is trying to stop me from coming. And she said, and it was some weird, I knew it was witch, witchcraft right there. Go, Whoa. And I just rebuked that right away and sent that woman to the back. And then some of my men, my elders were handling things in the back while ministry was happening up front. I mean, it was just like, it was like crazy. I, I couldn't, I didn't care what was coming my direction. I wanted that woman that wanted to meet, get to the altar and get ministry. It was all about her at that moment. Like I just, just rose right up. And that just was an example of different stuff that'll show up. As, right. as pastors, as leaders, you know, you want to love the people and you have to recognize that part of loving is having the ability to speak the truth in love, right. to deal with things that need to be dealt with in a loving way. But to bring correction, that's part of the pastoral, bringing correction. You know, if you've got a two-year-old who's, uh, you know, in that terrible two stage, if, if you want to even call it that, I don't like to label it. But ultimately, if you've got a child who's not obeying, part of your parenting and leading them is to correct them because you know that in the long run, it's going to help them. It's not going to hurt. It may hurt for a moment. It may sting. And we have found over the years that people respect that. Yes, people, some people will leave. That's fine. Let them go. But others will respect that. And we've had people who have have come to us and said, well, we come to you because we know you're going to tell us the truth. Behavior never corrects itself. So if you just let it continue and continue hoping that one day it will change, it will not. Uh, so this is what I do with uh, my leaders and those that I come into contact with. The best way to do it is instruct first, correct second. So if they're not receiving instruction and teaching, then you have to move into the correction. Correction means adjustment and realignment and setting things the way it needs to be. Not always the funnest job of pastor, but a definitely very important one. So that was failure to protect the people because we walk away from that. Number six pitfall, having an over-exaggerated sense of being needed. I tell you, one of the things that we found pastoring for a lot of years uh, was just, it feels good to be loved. 
it feels Woo-hoo. good because people respect us. They honor us. Uh, I know all pastors, some of you may be saying, well, you had some good people. I haven't experienced that. And I understand that it's different everywhere. Um, but ultimately there are people who love you and people who need you. And that can get really heady that feeling of being needed. And we have to be careful because if that's the reason that we're doing this, it's almost like a high And, and, and any gift, any ministry that you're involved in, when you operate in it, there's this sense of exhilaration and a, a, a spiritual high that you because get. Because the spirit is flowing through exactly. you. Exactly. So. And if we're doing it for the next high, if we're doing it, then what's going to happen is we're going to stop empowering people and we're going to start enabling them to be dependent on us. That's your line right there. Uh, and that that's not it. a good thing. Nope. That was it right there. Number seven, failure to engage in continued growth. Now, when we strategic advise with leaders and leadership teams, this is one of the things that besides insecurity that we deal with, and that is finding out what they're doing to grow themselves personally in the spirit and their skills and all that kind of stuff. But I went to Bible school. I went to seminary. I've got a bachelor's and a master's and a doctorate in theological studies. How many years ago was that? (laughs) How many years ago was that? And they'll, oh, 28 years ago. And uh, yeah, so what happens is a lot of some, sorry, let's put it that way. I don't mean to generalize in such a way, but some pastors and pastoral people, uh, teachers and different things like that, what they'll do is regurgitate um, others, sermons, others, messages, or their own, just package it different um, because they lost the freshness, see, because they themselves aren't growing. Here is a sad um sad fact that many churches, I think uh, one of the polls came out um, a few years ago, two or three years ago, was that the maximum time that a pastor stays in a church is three years. That is sad. And, you know, the the sad truth, there are a lot of different reasons pastors leave. So I'm not here presuming to no, no, judge we're every just one of them. About our point. But the sad fact that we observe, and, and this usually doesn't come out as the reason for leaving, but is that the pastor kind of empties himself. He ran out of ran out of mm-hmm. ran out of stuff or, or fulfilled the potential of where he'd grown to. Yeah. And so if you go to a new church, you can start all over again. Whereas to continue to press through after that three year mark you've got to upgrade, you've got to grow. And it may not be through the form of formal education, but something's no. got to come for you to grow, to be able to take that courses, to conferences, books, um, uh, exposing yourself to messages in areas that you lack, you just begin to increase and grow. And then the Holy Spirit can get on that and bring revelation. Because the people can only grow to where you are. And if you, if you want to take the people further, you've got to go further as have a leader. To, have to. And that could be that that could be the leader the, in the pastoral uh, role, the pastor role, or it could even be team leaders. You know, pastors, leaders, upgrade your team leaders so they can take their teams to the next level. Yeah, in which then the whole people, the whole congregation begins to grow into that level. And number eight, the last one is the failure to hear God for direction. And you think that that is, but that's more common than you think. You think that that would be a given. Oh, no, I know the direction and I'm just trying to get all the people on board with the vision. And 
But a lot of pastors or leaders or even team leaders, we're we're not just talking about church leaders. We're talking about team leaders too. Pastoral. Pastoral. pastoral, Or uh, any team really for this one. Uh But, you know, we we think the direction is, okay, we're going to win souls. We're going to heal the brokenhearted. We're going to, you know, have visitation schedules, prayer chains, uh, whatever it is for the pastoral. And that's our vision. But that's just the mechanics of ministry and all those are important. But what does all that lead to? What are our goals What for the next year? And this is a perfect time uh, being a new year to start thinking about that if you're listening to this when it's first released. But anytime is a perfect time to think about, God, where is this team going? Where is this church Why are going? we doing what we're doing? Are we just in the mechanics of ministry? We do what we know. We're real good at it. We just keep doing it. We keep doing it and hope things will change. The growth, all oh, the people that are not listening. And we just keep doing the same, same, because we're good at it. Some, some, some leaders have experience under their belt and they're real good at some of the skills and gifts but the thing is if it's really working as good as you think it is then why are you always thinking you get to a higher high by the next week and then the next week and the next week nothing will change nothing will change until we get god's direction for the next step of what that's going to be and sometimes it may be we step out of our comfort zone and step in something and rely more on the Holy Ghost and let him move in a certain particular way. And man, way beyond what we could even think or hope for. I mean, it's just so refreshing. Then you have what you call movement happening in your church or your ministry or your team. So what's the call to actions, Amy? Well, let me, let me just jump in there before you go to the call of action, because we need to recognize that the next step might look different. And I like when you said about it might be out of your comfort zone, because sometimes we just, we can't keep doing church the way we do church. We can't keep running teams the way we run teams, because what happens when somebody different comes in a different generation, a different mindset, something that we're not used to that our world is ever changing. It's changing so fast and we need to keep up. And I'm not talking about compromising the gospel, but I'm talking about remaining relevant so that we can meet people where they're at and bring them to where God wants them to be. All right, let's go to that call of action. Number one, it might be time to reevaluate your intentions, your motives. Why are you doing what you're doing? What is driving you? Because when we begin to look at that, we can know, is am I in a healthy place or do I need to readjust some things? Oh, Number two is see people with fresh eyes. How God sees it. Get a fresh fire. Here you go. Get a fresh fire of the Holy Spirit. And what it does is it takes the scales off your eyes and just begins to open things for you. And all of a sudden, all those hardening hardening of hearts and those things that, that heap on you as a protection mechanism, it, you get peeled back. It's a circumcision of the heart and only God can do that. And that's an internal thing. And and that's between you and him and that, but that is so powerful. You know what, when that happens, don't be afraid to be vulnerable. Let God be your protector. Let him be your rear guard and your foreguard. The Bible says that he's a strong tower and the righteous run into it and they are safe. Another one says it's the same way. He's a strong tower. The righteous run into it but they are glad. So you put those two together and I think you'll come to a place of fulfillment and uh, gladness in your pastoral ministry. Thank you for joining us today. May God be with you. May he give you wisdom and strength. May he heal hurts and disappointments and just bring you to a place of fulfillment and joy. Uh, We just bless you today. Feel free to share this to subscribe on the platform that you're listening to and just let other people know so they can be encouraged as well.